It's good to see every person that's here this morning. Amen. Amen. We have come to this house first to give him praise, to give him glory, but then we've come to this house to be edified. Amen. Anybody know what that means to be edified? Oh, come on. What's edified mean? It means to be to be lifted up. Praise God. My teenagers know something. To lift up, to bring something up. So this morning, I want to overemphasize this. When we bring word, when pastor brings a word, it's, it's going to step on our toes a little bit. Amen. If it don't, then either we're doing something wrong or he's doing something wrong. Amen. Oh, I got two of y'all. Okay, well, I'll preach. I'll preach to you too. Okay. So, <laughs> but no, that's the whole thing. When we come in here, I want my toes stepped on. Amen. Because if they're not, that means, oh, I'm perfect and I'm not perfect. Amen. My wife was about to say something. I heard her. Okay. But this morning, I'm going to do this. Pastor is off on a much-needed vacation. Amen. Uh, I'm not going to say from his wife and kids because that's not true. <laughs> from his job. <laughs> but he is off uh, turkey hunting and all that good stuff. And he was he was worried about it. And I said, bro, you better go on with your mess. So they, all, they need it too. Amen. A- amen. So next week when I say I'm not going to be here, y'all go, no, I'll play. But no, I do want to say I, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to stand here and to, to bring a word this morning. But I have an amazing word that I'm excited about. Uh, and it's not one that many people ever hear about. That's, that's the other funny thing about it. But I'm going to be dancing all throughout 2 Samuel 20, chapter 20. And most people don't know this, this passage very well, but I'm going to kind of dance through it. Um, but I'm going to start off with this. Can we go through 8 through 13 real quick? If you guys want to, please stand for me. Yeah, it's not for me. It's for reverence for God. Amen. But it says, when they were at a great stone, which is Gibeon, a mass went before them, and Joab's garment that he had put on was girded unto him. And upon his girdle with a sword fastened upon his loins in the seat thereof. And as he went went forth, it fell out. Next verse. And Joab said to Amos, Art thou in health, my brother? And Joab took Amos by the beard with the right hand to kiss him. It's about to take a dark turn. But Amos took no heed to this sword that was in Joab's hand. He didn't know the sword was there. So he smote him therewith in the fifth rib and shed out all of his bowels to the ground and stuck him and struck him out again. And he didn't, oh, and struck him not again, sorry, and he died. So Joab and Abasha, his brother, Pursued after Sheba, the son of Bashiri. That's a hard word to say. That's a that's any mamas out there. That's a new baby name for y'all. Whew, that's a hard word to say. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for giving us this word this morning. I ask you, Lord, that you would breathe inside of it, minister through it, God. Move through us, God, and let every word be like arrows puncturing our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody says, amen, amen. So this morning I'm talking about something kind of unique and, and kind of dark a little bit, but there's a reason for it. It's one of the, it's, it's one story that's in the Old Testament that not many pastors and not many preachers ever preach on, but it's actually one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, before all this, I got to give you this kind of backstory. Um, king David was in, of course, the, the kingdom. He was the king and all that kind of stuff. He had this festival every year for his son, Absalom. And Absalom had this long flowing hair. He was a guy, but he had beautiful hair. You know what I'm saying? 
there ain't no long-haired guys in here that I can actually pick on, so I can't do that. Your hair's not long enough, brother. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was beautiful. It was long. But it, every year when they cut his hair, they would take a special day and make this a festival. They would come out there and cut it and everything else. David loved his son, Absalom, with everything in him. But Absalom was doing something really sneaky. At this time, there was a lot of people that were against King David. There was a lot of tribes that had done separated from King David. But at this time, Absalom was standing right outside the, the gates. And he would whisper to people as they came through, don't you think I could do it better? Don't you think I would do better than, than, than King David? Don't you think I, I, would, I would run this kingdom better? He's, he's kind of destroying it. Don't you think I should do this? I can have all these other armies with me. Don't you think I should do? And he kept whispering these things to all these people. And finally, David had enough of it. Joab is the one that had enough of it. Joab was David's military leader, his head of, head of the command. And the second, I'm going to use some illustrations. <laughs> but Joab went after Absalom. Absalom and his people are running. But as soon as he gets on his horse, he's running out there and everything, and all of a sudden he gets caught up in some trees. His hair gets caught up in the trees. He is dangling from this tree by his hair. Joab walks up, pulls out three arrows, and sinks them all into his heart. Kills Absalom on the spot. Just took another dark turn. Dear, dear Lord, Pastor Ryan, why are you doing this? There's a reason. He sunk those three arrows into his heart. He gets back to David. David finds out. David's king, but David's a dad too. And any dad in this place knows, you don't mess with my kids. You don't, uh, look, I, if, if they in trouble, they in trouble with me, not you. <laughs> they my kids. I'll take care of them. Now, if they doing something stupid, you better beat them. But I'm saying if, if it's something like that, come get me. David was upset. David fired Joab, said, you're done. I don't even want to see you no more. You're at, get out of my king, get out of this. So what's David do now? He goes and hires a next chief of staff for the army, which is now Absalom's right-hand man. Pulls him in, and his name is Amos. This is the weirdest thing in the world. Why are you going to go to your enemy to his chief of staff, pretty much, and have him be promoted to your right-hand man, pretty much. Would you do that? I got three of y'all. No. Okay, fine. I definitely wouldn't do it. But it's almost like, have you, ever, have you ever been friends with somebody? Excuse me. Ever been friends with somebody, and they knew that there was somebody that disliked you? And all of a sudden, they ain't your best friend no more. Now they're their best friend. And now they're talking all this junk about you. And see, we can get into church hurt. We can talk about all that because church hurt hurts. Amen? Because I was just literally talking about this this morning. But church hurts so much because this is family to us. And this ain't family that we just by blood have. This is family under the blood that we have. This is family that we chose to have. I choose to have you in my life. I chose to allow you to be a person in my life. And then when somebody twists on you, it hurts. It hurts bad. And we don't sometimes know how to handle it and sometimes know how to take it. But what's happening here is he promotes this person, the one that was just against him. 
up to be his right-hand man, his military leader. And I also want you to understand something else. Inside this story, there's a really, a really pressing thing. All these tribes had left David. The tribes of, of Israel, they had all left David except for one. All David had left was Judah. All David had left was Judah. What does that mean? That means in the, in the midst of his darkest hours, in the midst of when he had nothing else behind him, nothing for him, all he had left was his Judah. Some of y'all are already catching on. Judah means praise. Judah means a shout, a praise. So all David still had was his praise. So what I'm telling you right now is, even in your darkest hour, when everything seems like it's coming against you, when it seems like every bill keeps piling up, when it seems like every family member has turned their back on you, when it seems like everyone is against you, you still have one thing. The enemy can't take it. You have one thing. It's Judah. And you choose whether you're going to use it or not. You choose whether you're going to allow it to happen or not. You have to lift up a voice of praise in those darkest hours. There's many of us that have faced those dark hours. I, can't, I bet money every single person in this place, if I said something, y'all could raise your hand on it. Because we've all been through some stuff. Some of us went through stuff before we were 21, and we should have never been through it. There was some stuff that we went through that man should have never been through. Some of it's our own choices, amen? Some of it's our own, I hate to say this word from the pulpit, but I'm going to say it, stupidity. Because I was dumb enough and arrogant enough, and I walked right into a situation I should have never been in. The whole time, my mom was telling me, don't do it, but I did it anyway. You can't tell me nothing. I'm 15. I know everything. Sorry, I wasn't trying to preach to y'all right then. <laughs> I know everything. Y'all don't know nothing about no TikTok. Girl, listen, I'm going to tell you something now. <laughs> I wrote the book on some of that stuff back then, and I did it better than y'all did too. Brian knows what I'm talking about. That's why he's covering his face. <laughs> Regardless of all that, in our darkest hours, that's when Judah needs to step out. So in the midst of all this, there was another guy that was trying to start a rebellion against David, and his name was Sheba. So David told Amos, I want you to go to the men of Judah. Take care of this situation before it gets out of hand. I want you to go to them, and I want you to go ahead and just take it all out. Can you throw up verse 5 for me, brother? And this is our problem sometimes. So Amos went to assemble the men of Judah, but he tarried longer than the set time which he had been appointed. What's that mean? It means that he took too long doing it. He was, I'm going to procrastinate. Oh, I'll get to it, but i got to get over here and, and check on this stuff first. Oh, I, I'll, I'll get to studying. i got to get over here, and uh, there's this thing on YouTube i got to watch real quick. Oh, I, I, I'll get to reading and praying, but i got to do this real quick. My phone keeps going off. See, it, it's so similar. It's so funny because we all do it. Every single one of us. When we Look, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. This whole week has been tiring. Amen, youth? This whole week, we were up here, besides Tuesday and Wednesday because of storms, but we were up here working. Amen. 
We, we cleaned up the churchyard and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I had them cutting down the trees and everything else. Uh, Brother Brian got the tractor out here and about killed me with it. But uh, he got out here and was doing some stuff and cleaning out the trails and everything for next Sunday. By the way, there's a plug for you. Next Sunday, we're going to be Easter under the oak. If, uh, if there ain't no floods between here and then, praise God. Amen. We're going to pray for that, right? Amen. Okay, good. But we came out here and did all this stuff, pulled up the century plants around the house, uh, the house, around the house of God, amen. We did all that Monday. That's why I'm all groggy, because that pollen is not a joke. Tuesday, the storms came. Wednesday, the storms came. Thursday, we come up here. We were supposed to have taco night Tuesday night. That didn't happen. Wednesday night, didn't happen. Thursday, yay, we're going to eat it for lunch. <laughs> and that was a good taco bar. But we ate that and seen the spiciest uh, Spice challenge or whatever, and uh, about killed every single one of my taste buds in my mouth when they made me do it. Brother Mike did it, man. That was hilarious. I ain't gonna lie. I know some of y'all ain't got no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> there, there's a spice challenge that you put it on the chip and everything, and you eat it. Whoever, all that good stuff. Well, I don't like spicy stuff, and the youth made me do it. And uh, don't don't fall underneath peer pressure. That's all I'm gonna say. But uh, they made me take it, all that good stuff. And I'm not gonna lie. I thought I was gonna die for a good 20 minutes afterwards. Then we make Sister Ashley do it, and she's like, oh, this ain't nothing. And, oh. <laughs> Brother Mike, no, I thought he could handle it because he likes spicy stuff, and he, he took a bite of it, and he was like, ooh, this is good. Ooh. And then you see his twitch his head. No, that's got a kick to it, brother. <laughs> yeah, I, anybody's got a question about it, I'll let you try it afterwards. I think we still got the box in the truck. So, But, uh. We came up here and we did all this stuff throughout the week. We came in here and we painted the green room and deep cleaned the sanctuary, took the rinse and vac out and cleaned all that good stuff. And everybody's like, well, why are you doing it? You just trying to get the youth busy? No, I'm trying to teach them something. I'm trying to teach how to be a servant. I'm trying to teach that if you want to be in leadership, if you want to be a dedicated Christian, disciple of Christ, there's going to be servanthood that has to take place. When I told my pastor, man, I want to preach. I feel like God's called me to preach. Guess what he did? This is literally no lie. He got, from his, he got up from his chair in his office, which was in the back of the church, walked all the way to the cleaning closet, pulled out the broom, handed it to him. He said, come here. Walked me all the way. Didn't even give me gloves or nothing. Walked me into this, in the foyer and said, see those two bathrooms? They need to be deep cleaned. I said, no, bro, you, you misunderstood what I said. Uh, obviously, you misunderstood what I said. I said, I, I feel like I'm called to preach. He said, yeah, I heard you. Get in here and clean. He was teaching me something vital that I needed to have. That's something that the church is missing nowadays. I ain't trying to be ugly. I ain't trying to preach on that. But I am going to talk about it for a second. We need servants. We have to be servants. Yes, I'm an associate pastor. I'm a, I'm a servant. Our senior pastor, I'll tell you now, he's a servant. That man will be up here in his tank top cutting grass by himself. I've seen him do it. Me and him were knee deep in a hole, or no, not knee deep, shoulder deep in a hole out here out front when the water pipe busted on Christmas morning of fixing that thing. He's a servant. And I'm going to tell you something. We have a great pastor. We have a great pastor's wife. The family's crazy, but we got a good, fam we got a good pastor pastor's wife. <laughs> And I rebuke any enemy that comes against them. I ain't got time for that. I'm very protective. I don't know if y'all know this about me. Some of you do, but I'm telling you now, I'm very protective of my family, especially my pastors and especially my youth.
I'm very protective. I will fight. I'll throw down in the Holy Ghost, amen? Some of y'all know what that means. That Bible said lay hands on people, you know what I'm saying? I knew I'd get a few of y'all laughing on that one. That does not mean go punch somebody in the face. <laughs> but it does say turn the other cheek, amen? Uh, I, I don't know if that means you're supposed to force the other cheek to turn or... Anyway, we ain't going to get into that. So we need to make sure that we understand to be servants in the house of God. Amen. Now getting back to my message, I ain't got no idea why I jumped off on that. But when Amos, <laughs> Amos went to assemble the men of Judah, he tarried. He didn't, he, he didn't go straight forward because, see, some of us, we're, we're mission-minded. As soon as we see something, we get that task, let's go take care of it. Let's go get it now. Let's go do it. Let's go do it. I'm that way. I can't help it. I am that way. If, if somebody says, man, we need, to, we need to paint this in here. All right, look, I got the paintbrushes right here. Let's go. That's just like the other day, <laughs> a couple weeks back, me and Pastor, and I think uh, Brother Donald was sitting out there talking about doing the, opening up the coffee bar and making it that room. Next thing I know, Don, uh, me and Donald were sitting on one side of the wall, and then Brian comes in with a hammer busting through the whole wall. <laughs> and I was like, are we, I didn't know we were ready. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> but Brian said, we got time, let's do it. We got this week, let's get it done. Amen. And see, sometimes that's what we have to do. We need that. Because I'm going to tell you now, I'm sitting here talking about stuff inside the church, but I'm also talking about stuff outside the church. Because I can't tell you how many times I walked into Walmart or Lowe's and somebody was needing a word from God. And I'm not even playing. I've walked in there many a times and the cashier's sitting there. You can tell she's having a bad day. First thing I walk up to her and say, hey, smile. God loves you. And all of a sudden, it brightens it up. I've had only one person out of probably the hundreds that I've talked to that have gotten mad about me saying God loves you. Now, Allah loves me. Well, if you think so, I'm just letting you know Jesus loves you too. And I ain't trying to be a butt about it. I ain't trying to be arrogant about it. I'm just telling you the truth. Jesus loves you. And there's been many times where I had to have the boldness and the courage to walk in there and be able to say something to a cashier. Say something to somebody in the aisle about God. For some reason, we get so scared to be a witness. Don't be scared to be a witness. God has called you for a certain time and a certain place. Those people need you. There's people that I can't reach that you can. There's people that Pastor Josh can't reach, but you can. It's a funny story, but... It, there's an old story that was shared a long, long time ago to us when we were in youth. But our pastor had told us, and it was back when we were young, young, but our senior pastor had told us, you can't reach an iPod generation with an 8-track mindset. But the 8-tracks can reach the 8-tracks. The iPods can reach the iPods. And some of y'all, that's going way over your hair. <laughs> what it's saying is that some of us are meant to reach other people in certain ways. I have a sense of humor. I love DC comics. I love comic books. I love superheroes. I love music. I love football. You, you want to get talking about LSU football? Boy, I'll talk to you all day about football. But when it comes to baseball, y'all better holler, holler at Pastor Josh. When it comes to hockey, you better holler at somebody else because I ain't got no clue about it. When it comes to soccer, you better holler at somebody else because I ain't got time for all that running. But what I'm saying is, there's certain things that I'm attracted to that I know that I can reach other people with. God's given you those gifts and those talents for a reason to reach those people. 
And when I say talents, I don't mean just sitting here playing the piano or playing drums or singing. I'm talking about some of us have been given the gift of gab, amen? And I ain't meaning gossip. I'm meaning gab where we just talk and talk and talk and talk. Destiny, gosh, she was at our house this whole weekend. Dear Lord, blah, 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 blah. No. But some of us have that gift. <laughs> I love you, girl. But some of us have that gift, and it's a good thing. I, I, I'm telling you now, I'm going to pick on him a little bit. Brian Moore can talk the paint off of a stinking wall, because, and he's good at it. He can talk anybody just about into anything, and that's a great thing at times. <laughs> There's some times where he's like, hey, hook up this the piece on the tractor for me. I don't want to get hit, so I'm going to reach over here. No. Nah. But it's funny because some of us have those gifts and those talents, and God is calling us to use those gifts and talents in different ways. Each and every person has one. There's no doubt in my mind. Every person in here has a gift and a talent that you're sitting on at times. And I'm going to tell you now, when I was younger, growing up in ministry, I straight up prayed, God, if they don't want to do it, give it to me. God, if they don't want to use that talent, give it to me. I'll do it. That's the only reason I even know how to play piano. I started off on drums. only reason I know how to play piano is because we had somebody missing in our church that she was sick, and she couldn't be there for a couple weeks. I sat down and said, God, give it to me. And no lie, I started, that was my first service playing. It wasn't great. I'm going to give you a heads up now. It wasn't no immaculate thing. It was bing, bing, bing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we got through it, didn't we? We here today because <laughs> we got through it. Amen. You're going to start off small in some areas. And, man, I could, I could go into this whole thing about how when you start off on the piano or how you start off on drums or guitar or bass or how you start off singing, how you start off in ministry preaching, you start off small. You cannot, you cannot expect to be preaching for two minutes and expect to have a crowd of 3,000 people. It's not going to happen. Be, well, it can happen, but you don't want it to happen, and there's a reason why. Sometimes you'll fall flat on your face. And some of us need to understand failure is one of the best teachers in this world. Amen? That's a life lesson. Amen? Some of y'all business owners know what I'm talking about. Failing sometimes is one of the best lessons that we can ever be taught. Moving on, getting back to this. I don't know why y'all keep pulling me off in left field. Every one of y'all, dear Lord, pray for us. So instead of going straight out and getting these men, and, and as the Bible said, Amos took his time. Went off and did something else and then was getting to it. You ever been on a project at work or at school and you just took your time, sweet time? I'm going to wait till the, the very last second to do it. Most of y'all that's been in school know, especially if you have a teenager in school right now, or even the young ones now, I done found out the other day about the diagrammas or whatever they're called, that they got to turn in with the volcano and all this other stuff. Wait till the last minute and say, I know every parent in here has done this already, so there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, Daddy, I got to... I got a project due tomorrow. What? When did you know about it? Oh, October. Fool, it's March. What you talking about? <laughs> and then you turn it, you're trying to get it done tonight. Now, I got a funny story about that that I can share because me and my wife went through this. When we were in high school, we were in one of the same classes together. And they did a project. She told us to do this project at the end of the year. She said uh, it's going to count for like 30% of your grade or something like that. So here comes Candace in here. She's got this big old castle made out of uh, the lollipop popsicle sticks, okay? And you could tell it took time to make this thing. 
she walks in there and she sets it down and you got to give a description of it and a story with it it's it was a presentation so she comes in there she does all this other stuff and she gets like a what a 92 on it or something like that come to find out her dad helped her a lot with this project <laughs> he ate all the popsicles um but uh he did help her a lot with it well then she looks at me and she goes well, where's your project my project was due tomorrow not today and I looked at her and I said, I ain't got no idea what I'm going to do. And she said, you ain't done nothing yet. I said, nope, I ain't done nothing yet. So I go home. I get in my backyard. And my dad was a heavy drinker at the time. So we had to make a little blight box sitting in the backyard. So I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I picked that thing up and I spray painted that sucker black. Put gray on it. Put a little crack in it and all that good stuff. Took it to school the next day. Still had paint on my fingernails from that spray paint that I did. Walked in there, and the teacher was, like, looking at me all cockeyed. This, 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 this man done walked in here, done lost his mind, got a black and gray box. She said, uh, she said and she even said, because somebody else went before me, and she said, we all waiting for this one. Ryan, what you got? And I'm going to tell you something. It's the, you could smell the spray paint coming off this thing. It was so fresh. I got up there, and I held that brick, and I said, I want you all to know this is a, I, I traveled a long way to get this thing. This is a brick out of the Great Wall of China. And listen, I can, I can talk. So I started talking. I'm going to tell you something, too. She got so mad at me because I got an A+. Plus. I had a 99 on that. <laughs> I did it the night before. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it pays off. No, I'll play it. It never pays off to procrastinate. <laughs> I had to walk around with that box the rest of the day, too. Anyway. <laughs> Candy, Candy's still a little too salty about this situation. So, But Amos didn't care about handling this situation right away. He didn't really even care for David that much. He was honestly still probably in his thoughts of throwing, overthrowing David still. When Joab sees that Amos isn't doing anything, Joab gets his brother. And a lot of us, we do this. We get our family member to come with us. I get my brother to come with me. My sister back in high school, if she had something going on, she would holler at him. All right, you keep messing with me, I'm going to get my brother. Because I'm going to tell you, you don't mess with my sister. I'm going to tell you, you don't mess with my family. Amen? A lot of y'all know this. When something's going on, you don't mess with my family. Anytime something's going on, I need to call somebody for help or something, I know I can call a brother and help me. And see, nowadays, my blood family, they, they ain't all around me now. But my covered in the blood family is around me. So when I need help, I'll tell you straight up, I'll call pastor in a heartbeat. I'll call brother Chris. I'll call brother Brian. I'll call brother Donald. He don't got, he's probably getting tired of me calling him. But I'll call him in a heartbeat because that's a brotherhood now. To me, that's my brothers. That's, and, and I ain't saying my brothers. I'm saying they're my brothers. They really are. I, I literally consider them my family. I will do game night with them. I will go eat a steak with them. Hallelujah. Anybody that wants to eat a steak, I'll be your brother all day long. You hear me? And if, if you're paying, you better believe I'll be your kid that day too. You know, I'll go take out the trash and everything else for you. But when you're in trouble, you'll call a brother or you'll call a sister to rely on them. And that's exactly what Joab was doing. He's seen that stuff wasn't getting done, so Joab said, come here, I need to call my brother. Goes and gets his brother. Decided, you know what, we're going to handle this ourselves. Since Amos ain't doing it, we're going to do it. 
And in this incredible scene, you have Amos and David's army walking down the road. They're traveling down this road, and they run into Joab and his brother. Joab says to Amos, how are you doing, my brother? Joab did not care how Amos was doing. I can tell you that now. He straight up said, art thou in health, my brother? He didn't care because Joab knew what he was about to do. Joab had a sword sitting right here waiting for him. When he reached up and he grabbed his beard, because back in the old custom times, uh, they, would, they would, I don't know about grabbing the beard, but most of them would grab and they'd kiss on the cheek as a saying hello. I praise God that we don't do that no more because some of y'all scruffy and I don't want that. So, and some of y'all guys are scruffy too and I don't want that either. So, uh, but they would grab each other's face and they'd kiss on the cheek. Well, he goes in, he kisses him on the cheek. But on his left side, he's got that sword. And all of a sudden, he just cuts his stomach. Kills Amos right there on the spot. Amos is laying on the ground in the middle of this road. The whole time, no one even knew about this knife being there. But Amos is laying there dead in his blood. The army stands there behind him and does nothing. Then Joah's brother steps up and says in verse 11, Joab, that ain't the one I got. Oh, I'm sorry, verse 12. Whoever favors Joab and whoever is for Joab or for David, let him follow Joab. And Amos followed. He removed Amos out of the highway. Oh, go back to 11 then. It is 11, I'm sorry. I ain't got the numbers in my, in my totes. I'm sorry, y'all. And one of Joab's men stood by him and said, He that favors Joab and he that is for David, let him go after Joab. So pretty much he stood there and he's, he's standing over the body and he's looking at everybody else and he's saying, Well, whoever favors Joab, whoever is for David, let's follow Joab. So the whole army starts going after him. But if we go on, keep going, go down to verse 12. And when the man saw that all the people stood still, they had to remove the body from the road. What was going on is, and y'all know this as well as I do, on 19, on 84, uh, in Ashburn it was on 75, those big highways, when somebody gets in a wreck, what happens? If they're on the left side of the road and you're on the right side of the road and somebody gets in a wreck over there in that double highway, which, what happens? This side starts slowing down because everybody's wondering, ooh, what's going on? What do they, do they call it? Uh, rubbernecking. They call it rubbernecking. They start... What? What's going on over there? Ooh, did you see that brand new 2021 Chevy? That's usually the thing. And then they try to figure out, ooh, is that so-and-so? Anytime somebody's pulled over, ooh, is that so-and-so? That's the thing. They knew that this was going to cause a jam. They knew that this was going to stop people because people were already stopping in the highway to look at this body. So he said, you know what? I got a great idea. Let's remove Amasa's body from the highway put it in the field, and then cast a cloth over it. When he saw that everyone that came by him was standing still, that's why he had to do it. Go to the next verse. Is it in there? And when he was removed out of the highway, all the people went on after Joab to pursue after Sheba, the son of that baby mama name. That's a hard word to say, y'all. I know some of y'all probably going to whip me afterwards, but I'm telling you. But my, my whole point of this, this whole message today is this. It needs to get out of the road. 
There's stuff that's in your life that you're allowing to stay in your life. And it needs to get out of the world. It needs to get out of the way. There's stuff that it should have di- that was dead and is still growing right here in the middle of this road. And what does he mean by that? It means that you're still allowing it to have life when it shouldn't be. There's stuff that's happened to us that we need to let go of. There's, there's people that's wronged us. There's situations that have happened to us that shouldn't have happened to us. There's people that said stuff they should have never said to you. But you're still holding on to it. There's an old saying, men are like ducks. When water hits, when stuff hits their back, it just flows off like water. But women, it's a totally different story. It's like arrows sinking into their back. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, anybody that's married knows, you slip up and say one wrong thing, you're going to be hearing about it 20 years later. Amen? I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> Don't hate me. But it's truthful because we, guys, we, we take it differently. And we have to understand this, especially when it comes to our spouses. We have to understand this. I love my wife to death. She is my one and all. She is my woman. I'm telling you now, don't you even think about talking to her. You know what I'm saying? That's my woman. But I'm telling you now, I will fight anybody tooth and nail for her. That's my wife. And I know for a fact she did the same thing for me. I actually had to stop her not too long ago. Waitress kept saying sweetie to me, and I thought candy was about to go off on her. You don't want to talk about it? (laughs) Move on, I got you. But we have to understand there's certain situations with every single person we talk to, you have to be cautious how you talk to people. You have to be smart how you talk to people. You have to use wisdom. Even in situations, you have to use wisdom before you step out. That's why I, I, I don't understand this concept of, oh, I'll just get the Holy Spirit when I, when I need it, the Holy Spirit at church. Bro, I need the Holy Spirit to go home. I need the Holy Spirit when I go out, get in my truck and, and just sitting here listening to the radio and they start talking about all this nonsense that I definitely don't want to hear about. I need the Holy Spirit when I walk in the grocery store because I'm going to tell you, there's some people in there that will test you. I'm telling you now, you need the Holy Spirit with you 24-7. When you get that text message in the middle of the afternoon that's from somebody you really don't want to talk to, you need the Holy Spirit to help guide you and give you wisdom. We need wisdom, amen? So when we're sitting here even looking at this situation, that thing that should have been off of you a long time ago, that thing that... It keeps attaching itself to you because you're allowing it to. We need to get it out of the road. We need to get it out of the way, and we need to cover it up. And don't just cover it up with no blanket. I'm going to tell you what we need to cover it up with, the blood of Christ. Because when we do that, redemption starts taking place. When we do that, we start becoming something new, a holy vessel. See, I'm starting to speak churchy now. A lot of y'all ain't amening no more. We need holiness. We need sanctification. That's why when, the, when Jesus healed the man, he said, go and sin no more. That means we ain't trying to come out here trying to sin and talk all this way and act this way and smoke this and drink this. We ain't supposed to be doing that stuff. The Bible says go and sin no more. So why do we keep doing it? Oh, God's going to take care of me. We got that hyper grace. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know I am, but we have to understand, 
we are set on this planet right now for this time period for a reason. And I'm going to tell you, it's scary out there in the world right now. Because everybody, the whole alphabet community and all this other mess, I'm sick of that mess. I'm so tired of it. Every time I turn on the news, that's all they want to talk about. I don't want nothing to do with that. My kids know better. My kids have been taught. They have been raised in the ways that they are supposed to go. And I ain't trying to be ugly because I've got family that are that way. But what I'm saying is this. At the end of the day, I love you and I hate the sin. And that's how we have to be. It, it gets ugly, yes, I know. It's a topic nobody wants to talk about because almost every person in this room is affected by it. But if we don't talk about it, we're not preaching the Bible. And the Bible says all these things about it. And we sit here, and now we're, we're confusing our kids. The kids are being confused of, of what, what bathroom to go to, what gender they are. Man, that's not of God. Who is the author of confusion? Who is the author of confusion? It's the enemy. It's Satan, Lucifer. We're not supposed to be confused like that. Man, uh, y'all got me off on another topic, too. Oh, please don't hate me for going off, because I just feel like God told me to say it, so I'm saying it. Don't hate me. Love you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> the people were focused so much on the tragedy instead of focused on their purpose. When the army was walking by, they were so focused on Amos that it just kept dragging them off to the wrong place. They kept stopping themselves, and their purpose was to go find this joker and take care of this business. But their, their whole mindset was focused on this because it still wasn't out of the road. And see, sometimes in your life, and I'll even say it this way, sometimes in your life, there's something that's attached to you that's in the road behind you, and other people are still standing still because they're watching it too. Sometimes i got to get the stuff out of the road in my own life to help them, to help them, and to help them. Because sometimes that thing that's in the road, it, and it's not always a bad thing. I can tell you this now. It's not always a bad thing. I remember when we were younger, when we left our first church, that was the hardest thing in the world for me. I squalled like a baby the day that we resigned. I squalled like a baby the day that we accepted our new position. My wife thought I was just a faucet turning on. She kept telling me, Ryan, there is nothing else in you. How are you still crying? I don't know. That was such a hard thing for me. But I knew that if I didn't pull this thing out of the road, I was going to start affecting the ministry that was ahead of me. It was a good thing that the transition happened. It was a good thing that we stepped into a new area because we needed to. We helped that church grow. But at the same time, this had to be moved because if I would have sat with this thing in the road the whole time, my ministry would have never took off and kept going. I would have sat still. And then I would have done more damage than I did good. Today, let me ask you, what's that thing in the road that's holding you back? What's that thing in the road that could be holding other people back? I knew it was going to get quiet. It's okay. We all do this sometimes. This man knew that he had to take the body of a moss off the road, and he knew he had to cover up the body because it was becoming a distraction to other people. My whole point today is just because you've gone through this tragedy, just because you've gone through this situation that hit, that's hit you as hard as it has, you've had to slow down, but it doesn't mean that your life has to come to a complete stop. It does not mean that you need to stop moving forward. A stagnant puddle does what? Nothing. There's stuff that grows in a stagnant puddle, like mosquito and bacteria and everything else. 
and there's nothing in it that's good for you. We need to have rivers of life, flowing rivers of life. It doesn't mean that we stop. We have to clear the road from the distractions that our life have in them. When bad news comes, we need to let it stop holding us back, and we need to start moving, pressing on from it. We serve a God that says, I'm greater than any situation. We serve a God that says, I'm greater than any enemy that tries to come against you. I'm greater than any enemy that comes to confuse you. We serve the great I am, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We serve the almighty God. And if he be for us, who can be against us? Chloe, if you will, come back up and play me something real quick. I'm about to close it. Don't y'all be bragging because I bet it's early. It's 11.56. It's all right. I know pastor don't usually get y'all out here until about 1.32 o'clock, but I'm going to try to get y'all out a little bit early. Whew. I've seen so many people quit church, give up, just walk out because things got hard, things got pressing. I'm going to say something, and my wife's going to probably slap the fire on me later. There's a situation that happened to us not too long ago that I got so aggravated with. We had a person that we were praying with, that we were, that we were doing stuff with, helping out as much as possible. And this person kept saying, I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. I feel like God's got so much more for me. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. And I told them and I warned them, when you go deeper, I want you to understand something. When you start going deeper in Christ, the enemy's going to start fighting even harder. He's going to attack you from all sides. He's going to attack you where you don't see it coming from. Now, he ain't got no new tricks. He does the same things that he's done for 2,000, 3,000 years. He's going to keep doing it. But I'm going to tell you, he's going to attack even more. It's going to become more pressing on you and harder. This person had one scare with a doctor. And I ain't seen them since. It was like they turned their back on God and said, I don't want nothing to do with this no more. And it don't make sense to me. You were praying to go deeper. You were praying that you were hungry. You were praying that you wanted more. But when you started going and getting more and going deeper, you were tested. And see, we're tried by fire at times. It's not easy. As Christians, we're tried by fire. Amen? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all that have been in the faith for a while, y'all know. It gets hard at times. There's times when you wake up and you feel like you're by yourself. You feel like you're alone in this world. You feel like you ain't got nobody beside you, nobody in front of you, nobody behind you. You feel like everything's against you at times. You got times in this world that uh, when you wake up, you feel like every person that's supposed to be for you is against you. And you just want to throw up your hands and give up and quit. Amen? Anybody in the house like that? I've been there. I Trust me, I was just there not too long ago. I've been there. But at the end of the day, I also knew something else. There's a universal truth that fits through this. That blood don't just work on Sundays. Christ's redemption don't just work because of Sunday morning me worshiping. Does it help with me worshiping? You better believe it does. But I'm going to tell you, Monday through Friday, I'm worshiping too. Saturday and Sunday, you, you better believe I'm worshiping. 
But Monday through Friday, I'm not giving up because the world's attacking us as much as it is. We need God pouring through us as much as we can. Amen. There's a lot of us that we need this word. We need this testimony. We need that blood covering us because if we don't have it, I can't survive tomorrow. There's many people in this room right now that you've been going through stuff for the past couple years that has just sat on top of you and it won't let you go. There's stuff that you're praying for right now trying to get through in the next couple years, next couple of months, next couple of weeks that this stuff is pressing and you know that if you don't take care of it, it's going to go one way or the other and you don't want it to go bad. There's situations that some of us are going through that none of it's true. The enemy is lying and he's trying to put these deceptive lies in your head. He's trying to deceive you and your family. It's not true. God is going to do something great in your life. But we have to be just like David was. And we have to hold on to Judah. We have to make sure that we don't give up our Judah. If everybody will, please stand with me. I'm a youth pastor, so I'm going to do it as a youth pastor does it. Amen. If everybody will, bow your heads. Close your eyes. <laughs> I want you to take from this message today, whatever it is, whatever the struggle, the problem, the situation, the death, the, the lies, the deception, the, the person who cheated, the, the person who left you, whatever it may be. Drag it out in the road. Get it out of the road and cover it up. Get it out of the way. Because we have such a short time on this earth and we have such a great mission to fulfill. Stop letting this thing hold you back. Stop letting this thing control you and dictate your decisions. Father God, I just ask that praise would be set forth first. Father God, I ask that you would breathe in this place, moving through each and every one of these situations, these problems, these vessels, God. And Lord, that you would allow us to get it off the road. God, help us to get it off the road and then to cover it up because we don't need to keep looking back at it. We don't need people walking by distracted by it. God, help us get it out of the road. Now, with nobody looking around, I'm going to ask, did this message hit you today? Is there something through this that you need to hear today? If you will, lift your hand. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Sometimes we have to just sit back and just say, yesterday's gone. And today I'm moving on. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And this isn't going to hold me back anymore. If you will, reach beside you. Grab that hand that's right beside you. Because I can say it this way. There's a lot of y'all that raise y'all's hands, and I don't want everybody to have to come down here unless they just want to. But we're going to say a prayer real quick. And I want you to do this for me. Pray for the person beside you. Because when we come together in fellowship, when we come together in unity, when two or more are gathered, Jesus is there also. The enemy has no place when we're gathered like this. Father God, I thank you, Lord, 
for all these situations that are being laid down right now, God. I thank you, Lord, for all these deceptions, these lies, these things that were tearing us apart, that were eating us away, that were just destroying us. God, I thank you, Lord, for allowing it to die in the first place. But God, now that that thing has been dead, that thing is gone, I ask you, Lord, that you would help us get it off the road, get it out of the way, and help us cover it up. God, help us push it off the road to get it out of the way of other people, get it out of the way of our own self, God, and then cover it up so it doesn't distract us any longer, God, distract others any longer, God. That way it doesn't pull us back, hold us down, and, and stop us from the mission that you have given us, God. I ask you, Lord, that you would breathe inside this place, moving through each and every one of these situations, each and every one of these struggles. But God, since we've set it down, since we've moved it out of the way, and since we're covering up, God, I ask you, Lord, that you would fill us. Fill us with your presence, God. Fill us with your spirit, God. Fill us with Judah this morning, God. Fill us with your anointing, Lord God. Breathe inside of us, Lord. That way we have a holiness and a sanctification that we follow, God. The redemptive natures of who we're supposed to be, God. I ask you, Lord, that you would breathe inside each and every person. Each and every person that's here, God. Each and every person that's online, God. I ask you, Lord, that you would touch, God. Ministering. And Father God, I know there's other situations that's going on in our lives. I know there's other things that, are, that have been at the front of our minds, that other things that are just, they keep attaching to us and they won't. God, I just ask that you would help us just free us, God. Get these things off of us, God. I thank you, Lord, because your nature is to love us, God. Your nature is grace for us, God. And I ask you, Lord, that you would give us grace this morning, God. I praise you for what you're doing, God. I thank you, Lord, for every step, every person that has laid something down. In Jesus' beautiful name I pray. And everybody says, amen. If you love the Lord this morning, would you give the Lord a clap of praise this morning? Just send up some Judah this morning.